fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Violence. Violence in Memphis and across America. It is part of the new normal in Biden's America. Yes, and just days after they tell you hey, they're going to go all electric in 2035 with those vehicles. Gruesome news from out in California is experiencing possible blackouts and power issues. We'll cover it all. Give you a little ray of hope, at least. That's all that maybe can pierce the darkness during the blackouts in California. We'll get to it all this morning. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. You know, maybe it's the cooler weather in fall, temptation to cozy up, but at least in, in my home, my wife is uh, pregnant and uh, 31 weeks now. We're really starting to get into the the season of uh, nesting and all of it together. Maybe a fall, fall home refresh doesn't need to be a hassle. That's why the fall projects are coming together, getting new custom window treatments from Blinds.com. You can order online. Shouldn't mean having to sacrifice style or service. Blinds.com has a premium selection of blinds, shades, shutters, and drapes. They even have motorized shades to make your life that much easier with a click of a button. Need help making a selection? Their design experts always here for live consultation. You can need maybe a little help measuring or installing. They got you covered there, too. Blinds.com. There's never any hidden fees or misleading quotes. No showrooms or retail markups. And shipping is always free. That's right. Blinds.com. Maybe a chance to get things set off on the right track. And with all the things going on in the world today outside, you shouldn't have to come home to chaos. Make yourself as comfortable and your family as comfortable as possible at home with Blinds.com. See why Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window treatment. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 40% site-wide. Get up to 40% off everything at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Watching the coverage from last night is just, I don't know if you've seen this. Some of it, uh, the, the entire city just absolutely terrified. In Memphis, Tennessee, again, just days after that woman, the mother of two, the teacher, was abducted and killed by a man who never should have been out. He never should have been out of prison. Just days after we learn of this rampage, a man violently driving around, carjacking people, stealing cars, and shooting up neighborhoods, killing four. Is this the new normal in Biden's America? One of the newscasters last night on Channel 5, it looks like, in Memphis, breaking down in tears on live TV, talking about it all. And I know... Memphis is tired right now. Yeah, I'm good. I'm with you all. Memphis is tired right now. The Elias Fletcher kidnapping and abduction and murder. The other crimes we've had this year leading up to this. It's difficult right now. Bear with me. It's a very nerve-wracking night. I can't even imagine what these folks are going through. It is It is a lot for, for anyone. We see we're 
constantly bombarded. Crises after crises, one after the other. And this very much feels like the new normal. You know, some people understand this is nothing new. In fact, in Democrat cities and Democrat strongholds, blue states and cities all across the country, they've been experiencing this and they continue to experience these issues one after the other in Philadelphia. A resident there saying, very concerned to live in this Democrat-run city. Things got rough in Center City Saturday night with mobs of teens ransacking convenience stores and things didn't get any better Sunday once police say the guns came out. Suzanne Pileggi says she recently left home with her son's baseball bat. I'm wow. very concerned lately and um, when I walk around, I mean one time I took his baseball bat with me just to get water ice. You armed yourself with a baseball bat out of concern for your safety. I did. What began as nuisance and property crime Saturday escalated to something more serious and dangerous on Sunday as those shots were fired around 10th and Market. Councilman David O pointed to a lack of accountability. The city has to really reevaluate whatever it was doing, whoever thought this was a good idea. It's a really bad idea. It's not worked in the past. It's not working now. Swallow your pride. Get back to providing public safety to the citizens. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Starting to sound like a Republican now. Starting to sound like somebody on the right. These defund the police policies, these radical extremist ideas, this is what has brought us to this point. When you're soft on crime, when you let criminals run the streets, soft on real crime, and then you go hard like the FBI in in, a, in these raids at Mar-a-Lago. Or locking up January 6th prisoners. These are political prisoners in jail cells. In horrific conditions. Now look, many of them were there just to, just to be a part of that day. Some of them felt like they were even on guided tours of the Capitol. And I'm not talking about people who, who took place in real violence. They ought to be held accountable. But they ought not to be tortured. That's not the country that we live in. Folks ought to be held accountable for things. But there are, re there are people, Americans, really being tortured in this country. According to the reports that are coming out of some of these dungeons, in D.C. So when you're soft on the real crime, the man who kidnapped Eliza in Memphis, the mama too, the teacher, the man who kidnapped her had just gotten out. He'd just gotten out for kidnapping an attorney. He was released. And this individual who shot four and killed four last night, He had just gotten out early. From what I understand in Memphis, the details are just starting to come out, but they have one of these Soros prosecutors. Soros back, Soros paid for prosecutors. Somebody who wants just sheer chaos, not law and order, but lawlessness and chaos. And in America, no matter your politics, I don't care who you are or who you voted for. Chances are you didn't vote for that. 
19 years old, running around causing pandemonium in the streets of Memphis, recording it all, putting it all up on Facebook and social media. So how did we get here? This is the new normal in Biden's America with Soros prosecutors running amok. The rule of law completely thrown out the window. Two separate justice systems. Depending on whatever political ideology you have at the time or whatever political affiliation you might have at the time. They are all completely and 100% dependent on the politics of the day. Many are predicting a red wave in November. And I will con- I will tell you that if the red tsunami in the streets continues, we might just see that. But at what price? At what price? Eliza Fletcher... Killed by a career criminal. Her life and the life of the four others that were killed there yesterday in Memphis. Lost because Democrats, folks on the left, care more about criminals than law-abiding citizens. And the truth really is, is that folks like Soros care more about chaos. And the systematic deconstruction, dismantling of this this nation for their own profit and their own gain for sheer power and control than they care about anything else. Here's Eliza with a video for her, her kids. And I think this might've been during the pandemic. She's teaching maybe from home at some point, her innocence caught on tape some of what she had to say to her students. She'll forever be remembered. In such a pure way. Hey girls, it's Miss Fletcher. So before we go, I wanted to remind you of something that we do at St. Mary's that's so special and that I miss a lot. So I want to see if you can join in with me. We're going to sing this little light of mine. Okay. Ready? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no! I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no! I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Whatever we do, folks. Let's not let her light fade. Let's not let the light fade of the four victims from last night's spree. In the purge nation that we live in now, apparently, Biden's new normal is America. Let's put an end to this once and for all. Let's wholly and summarily reject these notions that brought us here. Let's take America back. The only way we do that, the road forward, is together. More on that coming up in just a moment the Global Program. 
What began with hundreds of people in 2002 is one of the top 5K events in America today. About 30,000 people taking part each year on the last Sunday in September. It's the Tunnel to Towers Foundation 5K Run and Walk. New York City event, the signature event, has inspired about 80 other runs, walks, and climbs across our nation like the annual 5K Run and Walk in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Community not far from Memphis. That community means a lot to the foundation. Hendersonville Police Master Patrol Officer Spencer Bristol joined the department after serving in the U.S. Navy after Officer Bristol's tragic death in the line of duty. Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home. Proceeds from events, as well as dozens of golf outings and barbecues across the country, support the foundation's program. Register for an event in your area. Volunteer to start one and join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget. You can donate even just $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, dot org. It's not just violence. The Democrat failures in these blue states are in many other ways comical in some points at best, but you have to realize they end very badly. Just the other day out in California, the state I'm from, Michigan, we exported our import. The Canadian who then became our governor is now the Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, talking about how California is in fact... The future of this country. <laughs> she may have spoken too soon. Of course, she's talking about the gasless cars going all electric or hybrid by 2035. That's what California Governor Gavin Newsom wants to do. And in in fact, I I'm look. I gotta tell you, I really like the Teslas. I think they're cool. I think the the tech is neat. Um. Maybe I'd get one if I wasn't in a uh, state that had snow on the ground uh, a majority <laughs> majority of the time for the year. I don't know how that thing would handle uh, in the snow and the cold with the battery, et cetera. But I, I, I think they're neat. I just, I it, it can't be the only car. And, and I, I have some other issues as well. But, you know, you think about this. They're having issues with their power grid. They're having issues. In fact, in Michigan, we were told... The Midwest, MISO is what it's called, but the Midwest in our grid could possibly have issues this summer, too. Not enough juice in the grid to go around. When they have hot days, especially here in a place like Michigan, well, you, get the, you get the air conditioning working overtime, so you, you've got to kind of pull from other states around the this state. And that's what this grid, uh, this agreement between these states does in california it's even hotter and they're having issues providing juice to people you know air conditioning things like that they keep you alive in places like california they're having issues before anybody ever plugs their first well they've got a few teslas plugged in but i don't know if you've seen the pictures now they're running around with generator <laughs> generators Oh, gas generators. 
They're throwing gas in a generator to power their Tesla. Here's Jennifer Granholm talking about California becoming the future of this country. California is in the lead, can show the rest of the nation how it is done. Warning just coming in from CalISO, who runs the power grid in the state. They say they expect demand for electricity to outpace supply tomorrow. And they say that means rolling blackouts are likely. They've issued a flex alert from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. tomorrow night. And during a flex alert, again, you are asked to set your thermostat to 78 degrees or higher, avoid using major appliances, and turn off all unnecessary lights. There it is, folks. The future. The future is very dark. In fact, it's a blackout, apparently, for these for these folks. And I, here in Michigan, we got Biden on the way. The resident is on his way to the international auto show which is set to take place a little later on this month that i'm sure granholm will be with him the energy secretary and i don't know if you know this but we have a new resident here in michigan we're excited about this in fact he's moved here in a possible bid for governor in 2026 or or maybe even run for senate but mayor pete from south bend indiana is now the transportation secretary does such a bang-up job as Secretary of Transportation, he has moved here to Michigan, uh, eyeing a run at the Senate down the road. I'm sure he'll be there at the International Auto Show this this weekend or the coming days here in Michigan. I, I just can't wait for that brain trust, those three to get together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder what that conversation's like. Meanwhile, the conversation with real Americans, C-SPAN could not hold this one back. Black man from New York City calling in to slam the Democrat policies in that particular city, in that area, that are causing the rampant rise in crime there, too. As a New Yorker, um, for the most part, um, pertaining to law and order and issues of the country um, nationally, I believe the Republicans are better. Why? <clears throat> As a New Yorker that lived in New York from uh, Mayor Koch through uh, Mayor Bloomberg, Democrats, and particularly these days, in all honesty, as a black man telling the truth, Democratic mayors, that's black, whether they're male or female, Democratic um, police commissioners, that's black, male or female, Democratic cities, they're run into the ground. Uh, the black mayors, the black police commissioners, be they male or female, they don't really put the hammer down on crime. They're real soft on crime, as opposed to the Republicans, who, of course, are hard on crime, and they're way more supportive of the police, as opposed to the Democrats, more supportive of the victims of police brutality. So, in my opinion, nationally, city by city, Crime-wise, you might want uh, Republicans as your mayors, as your police commissioners, whether they're white or black, whether they're male or female, because they're more inclined to take crime more seriously and be more inclined to protect and support the victims of crime. I wish this is a a, a video program. I wish you could see the look on the face of the woman at C-SPAN who was watching the caller. Uh, lay it out. Lay out the cold, hard truth, the facts. Well, how do you take your country back, especially as you see it slipping in as fast as you they talk about the slippery slope? Folks, we're in the middle of it right now. We are watching the avalanche build. 
How do you take it back? How do you stop this? It starts with elections. They have consequences. And elections with shenanigans have even greater consequences. That's why it's so important that we keep an eye on everything that's going on in this upcoming election here in 2022 in the midterms and beyond in 2024. What's happening? I'm going to give you a glimpse into a purple state here in Michigan. What's happening in our own state? And, of course, maybe some tips on what you can do in your state as well. Coming up, we'll talk to a man who's at the forefront of a lawsuit here in Michigan and, of course, legal action to secure our elections here in Michigan. Because, you know, elections, they are a matter of national security. We'll talk about how you can stand up and fight back after this. Justin Barkley and today for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck program. Back next. And I'm watching the news here. Queen Elizabeth under medical supervision. Watching uh, the latest in, uh, I guess, out of the UK. And this is, she's in Scotland. Uh, the latest on that, should anything happen, we'll uh, we'll cover that, I'm sure. As the morning unfolds, wishing her the best. And, of course, uh, folks, uh, my, my name's Justin Barkley, by the way. I'm filling in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. It is always an honor to be here, not just because of, of the, the platform and the size of the audience. It's not the quantity. It's the quality of this audience. You know, the people that listen to this program on a daily basis, um, I, I have to tell you, every time I get a chance to fill in and be here, it just, it's, it's incredible. I, I have an amazing time. But it's because folks like you come together, they're working behind the scenes, looking for solutions. It's one thing to talk radio for us to get together and talk about all of the things that are going on in the world and complain. And I'm, you know, there's a fair bit of, of that. And by the way, I, I think some of that can be healthy too. But I think this audience understands the gravity of the situation. In other words, I think we understand the weight of where we are today for such a time as this, that things matter. And it's up to us to take action and provide solutions. One of those individuals who's doing that behind the scenes right now, Dan Hartman joins us. He's an attorney and, in fact, uh <laughs> Dan has a quite an interesting story. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about some of those other things and why he's doing what he's doing right now. But he's involved in a lawsuit in Michigan that you're going to want to hear about when it comes to the security of our elections. Dan, welcome in. Appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So, so brother, I've got to ask you because this, I mean, yes, you are an attorney, but you kind of gave that up and you went out to uh, to to. To do something else, I guess, in the private sector, and you don't have to get into everything that you're doing, but there was something that pulled you back, kind of pulled you back into the arena. And I wonder if you might just share a little bit of that before we get into how you're fighting to secure elections here in Michigan and throughout the country. Yeah, so during the uh, 2020 election, I live in uh, northern Michigan, which is a uh, area in which you can tell um, people vote in their yard by their Trump's, uh, Trump signs or their Biden signs <laughs> well before the election. And um, I was driving to a trial that I was 
one, it was my last jury trial before I was going to be stepping back from criminal defense work to Antrim County. And of course, I was well aware that there was only three Trump signs in a 45 minute drive from my house in Petoskey uh, all the way into Antrim County. Uh, I'm sorry, there was only three Biden signs during that entire route. And when I saw the returns on election night, I actually screenshotted the original posting in Antrim County. And then I followed that because the trial that I was handling was in Antrim County. So I I initially followed what happened in Antrim County, but um, I had seen leading up to the election, a lot of people may have forgotten this um, and may not know because they're not from Michigan, that uh, Project Veritas had a whistleblower come forward uh, about things and irregularities at the U.S. Post Office in Traverse City. And they had a whistleblower that was kind of active at about that time. Mm. So the mail for Antrim County also goes through Traverse City. And um, the judge that was handling the Antrim County case was the same judge I had my trial in front of. And uh, I, I know him to be a good judge. And so I was watching that case quite quite closely. But I wanted to look at uh, what was going on in Leelanau County, which is in the same circuit court. So our circuit court encompasses three counties. So it had circuit court was in Antrim, Grand Traverse, and Leelanau counties. And I just pulled up the uh, results from Leelanau County, which is an area where there's a lot of, uh, it's a bedroom community of a lot of second houses. It's a very nice resort area. And I was shocked at the uh, comparison of the voting turnout to the actual uh, residents that uh, were uh, attributed at that time, the only census data was 2019. And um, I was able to find precincts, two of them, in which there were, by my calculations, more uh, ballots cast than uh, voting age population adults. Mm. And so that kind of tripped me off, Justin. And I, uh, I did just a quick analysis, and I looked at the uh, comparison of the 2020 to the 2016 election, I started just looking at publicly available registration data. And based upon uh, the turnout, um, you can go on the Michigan Secretary of State website right now here today, and you can see that they have more than 8 million um, registered voters in Michigan. There are only 7.9 million voting age population, according to the 2020 census. And uh, so I began what I would call was to do an analysis based upon record turnout. And Michigan uh, has always reported our record turnout, and it has been 63% of the voting age population is how they do it, because it's not based on registration, it's based on voting age eligible adults. We had, uh, under that calculation, Michigan had 600,000 more ballots than would be expected. And I, wow. so that was what really tripped me. So I began to just try and wonder because I looked into some precincts. This is happening like two days after the election. I looked in some precincts where I'd been to East Lansing and I knew this neighborhood and I knew the Trump signs and I knew East Lansing was in Ingham County. So I looked up uh, Ingham County and I was finding precincts where they had a 22% turnout next to precincts that had an 80% turnout. So I was suspicious that some ballots had not had been removed and other ballots had been added. And um, so that was the initial concerns. So um, 
you know, I, I sent out my first uh, Freedom of Information Act request on November 10th of 2020. And um, uh, if you guys remember, uh, Justin, I'm sure you remember, this was the height of the COVID and my, uh, my private business is in healthcare. And so I was monitoring a uh, bridgemi.com website, which is basically the Michigan's official um, propaganda from, from our Michigan state. And on, um, on October 31st, or maybe it was October 30th, I happened to catch an article by the Bridge MI in which they said that, um, this is days before the election, that a clerk in Muskegon County had contacted the state police because she had 5,000 absentee voter applications dropped off in a box, and it looked like it was the similar handwriting. So I have actually FOIA'd and never yet received that police report. So my my original theory of how the uh, election in Michigan was affected was that there was going to be uh, uh, ballot box stuffing, which goes all the way back to the Civil War. Our our country has had that issue. So that was kind of where it got started. Dan Hartman's with us right now. He's an attorney. You filed a lawsuit. This is probably the biggest news here in Michigan. Let's let's get into that. You filed a lawsuit. Uh, but you've also sent letters to local clerks. Uh, this is kind of your way of fighting back. Let's talk about the federal lawsuit. What is in this lawsuit, and what do you expect to come out of this? Okay, so uh, a lawsuit has a case or controversy, then it seeks remedy, and then it has parties. So let me kind of lay that out for you. Uh, um, I've come to understand that one of the many problems with our election system in Michigan is the use of uh, uh, electronic voting systems. And so um, if I were to tell you that I was a brain surgeon um, and I were to report to a hospital for duty, you would check my qualifications and my credentials. And you would make sure that I actually graduated from medical school that was uh, accredited by the uh, medical, the American Medical Association, and that I actually they have certified that I meet the minimum competency in order to uh, to perform that surgery. So uh, a gentleman came to me who is from the America's Project, who is an attorney from out of state, and he had done this research. And what he said to me was that the voting systems in Michigan are not certified by an accredited um, entity, a laboratory, as required by Michigan law. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me that if we went out to hire a voting system and we asked for their credentials and their, uh, nobody checked to see if they were certified to do exactly what uh, they are doing in our system, and that's what the lawsuit is about. And so let's talk about real quickly, Justin, if I could, the difference between certification and accreditation. Certification is a compliance term that says that somebody has verified that you meet the minimum standards. And there are standards or guidelines in which, um, uh, you know, you have a minimum level in order to have a passing score. And secondly, the guidelines related to voting systems were published by the United States Election Assistance Commission, which is part of the Help America Vote Act. And they are focused on uh, security and transparency to make sure that not only is the electronic systems 
um, uh, not able to be compromised so that they will accurately report a vote as cast, but that the people that want to check and verify and look at the audit trail have a transparent record that they can review. So in short, um, we have this uh, system of guidelines. There's been three sets issued by the United States uh, Election Assistance Commission. The 1.0 came out in 2005. Version 1.1 came out in 2009. And a current version of 2.0 came out in 2021. So accreditation means that a person uh, is has the requisite training and experience to declare whether or not you are certifiable and you've met those requirements. So um, in Michigan, we use three separate electronic voting systems. And when we talk about an electronic voting system, this is to read the ballot, to uh, then take the ballot information and convert it to a table. That's called tabulation. Um, so it reads the optical image, just like if you put a lottery ticket in, and you've colored in little squares and it comes back with a printout of some numbers, that is basically what a tabulator is supposed to do. It's supposed to convert the information from your ballot into a line in a spreadsheet where it shows the first ballot scanned and then it shows the result for each race. And then at the bottom, it is supposed to add up those columns and it produces a report uh, called a, uh, the tabulator tape which tells you what uh, was the outcome of each individual race. Very Hey, Dan, Dan I, I, we've got to take a quick break here, but I just want to put the, the headline out there. What you're saying is that there are Michigan's the voting machines that aren't certified. They hadn't been. And your lawsuit says that that needs to, that needs to happen, and you're, cert, you're looking for a remedy. There. Let's talk about what that might be when we come back. We take a quick break and, of course, talk about the letter you sent to clerks here and why that might be important. And folks throughout the nation may want to use some of these strategies. Dan Hartman, an attorney with us, talking about how to make sure that security in elections continues here, not just in 2022, but beyond and what we need to know about it. Some of these things are very confusing. I understand. He's giving us a look, a college-level course here. We'll try and break it down for you folks. Coming up, Justin Barkley and for the Glenn Beck Program, coming up next. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Dan Hartman, an attorney out of Michigan, has filed a lawsuit. The machines, apparently used in the last election, weren't certified. So, Dan, I want to make this as simple as possible. Imagine a fifth grader here. You found out the machines weren't certified. In fact, like your iPhone has to have a new update. These machines haven't been updated in how long? Well, so uh, 24 of the machines did not have a certification at all. And 48 of the machines that are used, 48 systems, these are 83 counties, had been certified by a company that was not accredited. And so what ends up happening is when we're going into the 2022 election, the one company that had 24 machines that were used in Michigan that were uncertified has certified them to the 2005 standard. And if you mentioned the iPhone. All right, right wait, wait a second, wait a sec. I got I to break you up. So that, so 2005 standard, this is, this is you know, almost almost 20 years ago so so why is this certification important i can imagine security issues and other things as well 
Correct. So it's about cybersecurity. It's about making sure that the system is protected from foreign or domestic interference or alteration, making sure that the code works as it's supposed to, and making sure it's a transparent process that a citizen can follow the audit trail. So those and I don't want to cut you. I don't want to cut you off here, Dan. But but we are up against the clock. So what does your lawsuit seek to do? Well, it has three requests. Number one, it says that the 2020 presidential election should not have been certified and therefore needs to be rerun. Number two, it asks to preserve all election data from 2020 so that when the federal mandatory uh, protection expires, the judge would extend that. And third, it seeks to not use the machines unless they're properly certified uh, by an accredited company in the future. Dan Dan Hartman, thanks for joining us. Um, We're going to get people in touch with you. If folks want to get in touch with Dan Hartman, reach out. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook and, of course, all over the place. So make sure that you can talk to him and find out how you can check on these systems in your own state or municipality. It's important. Folks are working together to make sure these elections are secure. It's a matter of national security. Justin Barkley in today on the Glenbeck program. Back after this. This is the Glenbeck program. some ways yes you have chaos and confusion all across the nation you have violent crime sprees in some of the bluest states and cities california losing power darkness there possibly with blackouts but yeah there's some light there's some hope in fact i want to give you some of that some of the good news even some of these most challenging times we face i'll fill you in it's justin barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. Coming up after this. Yeah, so the current reality seems grim in a lot of ways, but maybe, maybe there's a little more hope. Maybe there's a little more ray of light, sunshine, whatever you want to call it, than, uh, than, than what we actually see on the surface. We're going to get into that coming up this morning. Right now, the, the big story being covered all over uh, and watching, you know, the the, uh, the networks here is the Royals now traveling to uh, Queen Elizabeth amid health concerns. And the, the, the big story is apparently not too much information there, but she's uh, health-wise has some concerns. There's some fears and uh, doctors there. She's under medical care. I would assume at 96, you're you're constantly in in a lot of ways under 
medical care. So I would assume that's a normal thing. However, there must be something that's not normal that we're just not. Uh, you know, there's a lot of secrecy in those in those circles that uh, we're probably not hearing about. But uh, there you have it. Should we have any more information or an update, we'll follow that and bring that to you this morning. There's no shortage. Crises after crisis, headline after headline, constantly on my local radio program. I'm coming to you from Wood Radio, W-O-O-D in Grand Rapids, Michigan, West Michigan here. Uh, constantly, I'm talking about all these these things that we're facing on a daily basis. I, I feel like it's drinking from a fire hose on most days. And in some days, it feels like you got your mouth right on the hydrant. <laughs> and I've heard some say, yeah, it's, some days it's like the sewer pipe. So I get it. I mean, we we have quite a bit to deal with. But I think that's partially by design. Some of the things that I've been witnessing over the last couple of years anyway. I, I got to tell you, watch the things that I see happening coming out of this administration, Biden. I I I I, I look at it and I say, this is this, too much. This can't be incompetence. Just all out incompetence. I know there's a good bit of that happening too. But it can't just be only all out incompetence. There has to be more to this story. It looks like it's intentional. Well, some of it probably is. But there is some chaos happening behind the scenes some good news in our favor anyway the folks who are freedom loving the folks who support this country and want to see it flourish and thrive for generations to come for our kids and our grandkids you know i think that's probably the thing that people don't really get when you talk make america great again and in fact, a little later on in this hour, we'll talk to a one of those ultra MAGA folks. We'll, we'll talk to one of those MAGA Trumpies. Is that the new word that Biden's got? The Trumpies. We'll talk to one of those Trumpies. He's running for Congress uh, here in my neck of the woods, and he just beat out almost what some might say a miracle. Beat out a kind of a never-Trumper, one of the folks who voted for impeachment. One of the first things he did on the job. And he beat this guy out in the primary very handily. We'll talk about that with him coming up in, in, in just a little bit. But I thought about this this morning. My daughter is 20, well, she's 21 months old she'll be two in december she was born at 27 weeks some say early and i happen to think that maybe she was right on time god's time and what's interesting about her situation we spent 77 days in the hospital from the time that her mom's water broke my wife we rushed to the hospital to the day that we brought our little girl home. Ada Grace. So the day that she was born, and even before we were fighting for her, 
today, we continue that fight. I know as a parent, as a father, some things I learned that I I never, never could have fathomed, imagined, but never could have believed before or really understood. It would be hard to comprehend this. As a parent or a grandparent, you may have a better understanding and a handle of what make America great again. I know it's a, it's a marketing slogan, right? I, I understand that. But what does it really mean? In a day and age of Biden, the resident's out there, the divider-in-chief, he's out there calling all MAGAs, all Trumpies, calling them threats, enemies of the state, threats to our democracy. Do these people even know what it means to make America great again? I think it's pretty simple. And every morning, we get up and we'll give her milk. And every night before bedtime, she gets a little too. And it's a great time we kind of sit there and hold her. And It's time that I really... Sometimes it can kind of stand still. Everything else in life is just just flying by. I mean, it, it's moving quicker than ever before. But it's moments like that. I wish I could just freeze forever. Just precious. I think to myself, this is what it must be like for, for most parents. In the, the world that we face... The constant threat from every angle, economic, you know, you, you, you don't have to look much further than obviously the price of everything. Gas to groceries has gone up. It's harder to put food on the table for your kids. Parents feel the pressure consistent now all the time about how they're going to feed their family and maybe what they're going to be able to do when it comes, I don't buy diapers, send to somebody asked me the other day about sending her to college. And I thought, I don't even know if there's going to be a college. when She's the age to go to school. You talk about student debt, the loans right now and the forget all this stuff. And I think to myself, I don't even, is that the, what, the life I want for her? What will this country look like? Particularly if we stand back and we do nothing. That's why I want to share some good news with you. Because people are doing something. Many of us are standing up in our own ways and whatever that might look like. To get involved in politics, I've always felt like, especially if you're going to run for something, you've got to either be crazy or called. In other words, you just have to have a calling on your life. Like there is something bigger than yourself that has a divine purpose laid on your life. And in a lot of ways, I think that getting involved, not just running, but getting involved at the school board level, going to the school board meetings. Now, I know that uh, Merrick Garland and the FBI, there's a lot of folks that they may want to investigate you come knocking on your door if you go to these school board meetings. But, you know, 
it's it's so important. I met with a man yesterday. He's got involved. It was all about the kids. Involved in a school board here in a school board fight. He's got a run for school board working with folks in areas around us. They're uniting in ways behind the scenes. Maybe I shouldn't give all of this away. The FBI's tapped everybody's phones anyway at this point. So, so why does it matter? They probably already know this. But they're ready to take their school boards back. Here locally, there's one county commissioner who led a, a, a group of several others to overturn and overthrow sitting Republicans in a, in a county that's very conservative. Ottawa County in West Michigan. Home to the folks like uh, oh, the, the cities like Holland. Where you'll see windmills and wooden shoes and folks celebrating their Dutch heritage. Very conservative. A lot of them agriculture-based farmers who understand Still grounded, plugged in to reality. They understand the world, how it works, how it was designed to work. And what it takes to make things work today. They never lost touch. So it's no surprise to see the incumbents, Republicans, primaried out nearly every single one. A full sweep, except for one particular uh, member. It's just incredible. This was a grassroots movement. People stood up. They felt the call when they're on the move. And you can do that too, no matter who you are, no matter where you are. Maybe it's time for you to take a little time and consider that for yourself. What is it that I am supposed to do? What is it? That I am called to do. What are the things, my gifts, my talents, maybe the fortune, my sacred honor that I can pledge towards this cause? Just like our forefathers. You know, freedom, they say freedom isn't free. Well, it's, its price is paid daily. And yes, it's brave men and women who protect and defend this country, but it's also Average everyday folks, ordinary, like you and me, ordinary people doing extraordinary things, taking a stand right where you are. Maybe it's time. Maybe you're feeling that call. Some instructions after this. can you do to make a difference how can you stand where you are what are some of those things well you've already heard me talk about running for school board maybe volunteering in michigan there are precinct delegates there are people that are going to be going door to door campaigning for people talking to your friends your relatives your neighbors asking them do you think any of this is normal just having conversations you know i saw somebody share this the other day and i thought i mean this is really this is really something but uh it, it was this post about how far we've come and how things have changed. Listen to this. We don't borrow a mower or ask a neighbor for a cup of sugar. We call Amazon Prime because we don't want to bother anyone. 
We'd rather Uber than ask a friend to take us to the airport because our friends are busy. We'd rather pay movers than inconvenience our friends. This poster goes on to say, listen, you're not a bother. They're not too busy. You're not an inconvenience. You are not a burden. One of the things I think about our modern life is we have gotten so out of touch. Now, we are connected in more ways than ever before online via social media. But, boy, those same social media companies, they drive divide, don't they? So we have all of these online connections. And I've met a lot of friends who become friends in real life from an online connection. I'm certainly not discouraging for you from doing that. But I say we ought to connect in real life. Two, one of the places for us that's, in fact, I was just having this conversation with somebody. One of the places for us that's been so pivotal in the last year or two is our church. No matter what we face, folks, in the, in the days ahead, the challenges, and certainly there will be challenges. It's important to know that you're not alone. There are other people that are going through the very same things. And as I say on my radio program locally in West Michigan, God is still on the throne. What do I mean by that? I tell you, you don't have to go through what you're going through without him. I won't preach to you, but I'll tell you that the 77 days that we spent in the hospital with our little girl, we felt a peace that is beyond understanding. Like the Bible says, I can't explain it to you. We somehow knew that everything was going to be okay. And we felt the comfort, my wife and I, that I just, to this day, it's hard for me to put in words. And that's what I do. Talk for a living. So ask, and you shall receive. So ask what it is that you're supposed to do. Ask who it is that we're supposed to talk to. I get caught up in my daily life, too. Maybe we have a few more conversations with each other. I know that when we do, we're going to find out something. We're going to learn some things about each other that we never knew before. There's one of these TikTokers. I don't know if you're familiar with the app TikTok. It's from China. <laughs> it's a China social media app. Um, there's a guy on there that's going around and he wanted to make friends, like a hundred friends. So his idea was to, go and have conversations with some of the people that he maybe thought might have been the most interesting for a guy like him, a, a young man, probably in his 20s. So he went to a Trump rally and was blown away. That was the biggest shock. That was the biggest surprise of his life. What he found, what he discovered at the Trump rally just absolutely blew him away. It blew his mind. I have a feeling it wouldn't blow your mind. The guy was invited to Bible studies. He made friends. He was welcomed with open arms. It was nothing like he'd been lied to. It was nothing like he'd been told by the mainstream media, folks on social media, all those evil MAGA Republicans, all those evil Trumpies. We have a lot more in common, I think, than we even realize. It's time to start making those connections again.
More good news, in fact, we'll try we'll talk to one of those evil MAGA Republicans, one of those Trumpies. His name's John Gibbs. He just beat out Congressman Peter Meyer, the freshman who voted to impeach Trump here in West Michigan in a stellar primary. And he will talk about, I think, maybe what that Make America Great Again slogan really means to him. He served in Trump's administration, the Department of HUD, under Dr. Ben Carson. And he is a stellar individual. I cannot wait to introduce you to him. Coming up after this, back in just moments, Justin Barkley and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. So what does that mean to make America great again? We're hearing Trumpies. In fact, I'm seeing Trumpies trending on Twitter right now as we speak. You know, uh, this demonizing, I think it's well over half the country. I think it's a fair, a fairly larger number. When you talk to people and you ask them just by the issues, do you, you think we ought to be tough on crime? You think we ought to lock the criminals up? You, you think we ought to maybe create an, an economy here, an environment where businesses can thrive? And that means the cost of everything from gas to groceries. It can be affordable, so you can put food on the table. You think we ought to make this country a better place for you and your kids? Generations to come? I think most people agree on those lines. In fact, I know our next guest would. He is running for Congress in West Michigan, in Michigan's 3rd District. He just beat out freshman Congressman Peter Meyer. The Never Trump, who just voted to impeach President Trump, uh, literally like on his first day in office. Welcome to the program, uh, former Trump administration uh, in in HUD there under Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, John Gibbs, appreciate you being here with us today. John, how are you? Good, Justin. Thanks for having me on, as always. You know, I want to talk to you about what we're seeing happen here across the country. I, I know you're in west michigan but i mean some of the things we're seeing are uh are pretty incredible a bit of a wave you're not the only one that's benefited from uh the the, the trump endorsement there are other folks who have been uh, booted these people who never trumpers that that voted to impeach trump in a lot of ways um uh folks who had uh, uh, gotten a, a kick to the curb you know liz cheney is is probably the one that comes to the top of mind the most here most recently and as much of it can be an endorsement from Trump that can move that needle, it also seems to just be a return to sanity and reason for a lot of people who say, look, I really like these policies. I want to get behind these policies. Regardless of the man, we got to get this country back on track. What were you hearing from people on the ground, and what are you hearing when you see some of these other races? Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of what you described, Justin. Um, uh, Trump is still the, the king in the Republican Party. Um, he's by far uh, the most trusted leader because he stood up and actually tried to change things. And I think what a lot of people that don't, don't realize, especially the people that really, you know, hate Trump and have TDS, is that this is not even just about Trump. This problem has been building up for many, many years, long before Trump, because there's a growing sense that the Republican Party um, has, uh, especially in D.C., has been not representing what the people want. 
And that's been growing and growing and growing, and the rift has been increasing. And Trump was just a guy who was smart enough to stand up and represent the leadership uh, for the people on that. But this has been a long time coming, and it will still keep going, I believe, um, even after Trump is done. We, we've really got to work out getting a government that represents what the people want. And, you know, as you said, you know, this November is not even going to be so much Democrat versus Republican so much as crazy versus normal. You know, should violent criminals be in jail or should they be on the streets, uh, you know, committing crimes against folks? Um, you know, do we want an economy that grows or an economy that shrinks? Do you want to force everybody to buy it in a $60,000 electric car? Or is this still a free country where I can buy whatever kind of car I want? Um, do we want gas prices to be twice as high as they were a couple of years ago? Or do we want them to come down again? You know, issue after issue, it's not even becoming, you know, partisan. It's just simple, basic common sense. So, yeah, I think you're, you're totally right on that. And uh, I think it's a winning message that we have. Uh, the current folks are just screwing it up terribly. And we've got to get in there and restore some sanity and fix stuff. Yeah, you, you know, John, I I can't I don't think I could have put it any better. It's it it really feels in a lot of ways stop the madness that people are screaming. What we saw last night that happened in Memphis, another horrible story. People being terrorized in their own city. And this is just days after another abduction, a kidnapping, and a murder of this this poor woman who was a teacher, a mother of two. Um, she was she was killed that day, and then four others killed in Memphis. They're reeling. But this is not really I know it's 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 something that's popped up in the news for us in the last couple of days. But this is par for the course in some of these deep blue cities and states where crime is an issue. I've got a friend who's down in Jackson, Mississippi, and one of the things he's seeing with the issues they've got down there. I don't know if you've been paying attention to the water down there. They've had for seven days, not just no drinking water, but no water to flush their toilets, to take showers, to do laundry, no water at all. And he tells me it's all because of a corruption that's deep within the system there in that city. Democrats, folks on the left, these are the results. This is par for the course. This is the new normal in Biden's America. And folks in November and beyond have to stand up to say, not on our watch, we don't want this anymore. Stop the madness. Yeah, that's totally right. Uh, you know, when it comes to crime, one of the big issues we're seeing is that a lot of these district attorneys around the country are letting uh, repeat violent offenders uh, go free. Um, and this is predictably causing crime to uh, increase all over the country whenever they do this. It's absolute madness. It is totally preventable. We have an entire field, an entire discipline called criminology. We know it works. You know, we have more police patrols, it reduces crime. When the police are engaged in the community, it reduces crime. Um, but they're doing the opposite. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is being done on purpose, and it's very easily reversible if you have smart people in there. Let us also remember that San Francisco actually recalled their district attorney for being too liberal. So just let people wrap their head around that. You know, even San Francisco, the most leftist of cities, recalled their own district attorney for going too far and letting crime run rapid. So people are really getting the message, just like you said, Justin, and people are going to take it to the ballot box. Um, corruption the same way. You know, this whole lack of water thing, what you see happening often in these cases is that the leadership will have their buddies or their friends or family be given the contracts for maintaining the infrastructure um, instead of the most qualified folks out there who have the experience and the quality behind them. And so because of, you have the cronyism going on, you very often get very poor quality uh, with doing the work. And I think for many years in Flint, you saw that dynamic happening. And I would, I would guess that that's probably uh, some of what's happening in Mississippi as well. 
So, yeah, I mean, this is something that people are sick of, and the leadership changes can address this. If you have good leadership, you can fix these problems. So I believe that people are going to realize that in November. Here in my district, a few of the independents did go over and vote for Biden in 2020, but just like putting your hand on a hot stove, you're not going to try that again. I think they're going to look at the gas prices and inflation and crime and, and corruption and say, we need something new this time. Blackouts expected throughout California. Uh, they tell you to set your thermostats down to 78 degrees in Gavin Newsom's California. This is just days after they come out and said, hey, by 2035, every vehicle you buy here has to be, you know, basically a Tesla, an electric vehicle. It's got to be a, a hybrid or an, a, something that you plug right in. We're seeing pictures come out with people that have uh, gas generators strapped to their Tesla so they can, they can charge them on the road because of the uh, the power issues out there. John, this is just completely detached from reality. These people are delusional. But then again, this is what we're seeing on every different level here. Yeah, I mean, you're going to force everybody to buy an electric car, but that very same power grid they're plugging into can't even handle the capacity it has now. So how's it going to handle the capacity of all those new electric cars? And then what are you going to do with all the batteries on those cars once they start to go bad? Uh, and where are you going to dispose of them? I mean, this is a huge environmental issue that they never talk about. So, yeah, I mean, this is really the end point of these totally insane policies. And, you know, people have got to realize this is not 20 or 30 years ago where you had uh, Bill Clinton or a Democrat party that was wrong, but not at least they weren't insane. Now they've actually crossed over and gone from simply being wrong to being wrong and insane. Um, so this is not even a choice of people sticking with what they historically have thought was a party they grew up with. I mean, this is a choice of, you know, full-fledged craziness. If you say there's male and female, you can get fired from your job. That's where we're at. They're going to force you to buy an expensive electric car. You can't even afford it. I mean, I haven't even thought through the consequences of it. This is not normal stuff. This is insanity. So I think it's very important for a lot of the independents and the um, Democrats, the right of Karl Marx, as I call them, to realize they're not dealing with the same Democrat party they have their whole life. And they've really got to think through this and understand um, that they want some sanity. And that's a message we're going to keep getting out uh, all the way up to November. John Gibbs is running for Congress in Michigan's 3rd Congressional District. VoteJohnGibbs.com is the website. Before I let you go, John, maybe you could just comment on this. I saw this story going viral about a young man who wanted to make 100 friends. This is a TikTok account, some sort of uh, promotion he was doing. And and, uh, and he went to a Trumper. (laughs) And I think he expected something completely different, but he got a very welcoming uh, arms wrapped around them approach from a lot of the people that were at that rally. He was surprised by that. I saw he made an appearance on uh, uh, Fox and Friends when he was talking with some of these people about this. In, in fact, he was invited to a, a, a women's Bible study, uh, it, one of the things that, that took place there. Um, as somebody who has been a part of this, you know, the Trump administration, the previous administration, and you've been full, full part of seeing all these things up close and personal. As a black man in uh, in America, the media would make you think that these people aren't welcoming at all and, and uh, couldn't be far from the truth. I mean, I'm telling you, a Trump rally is one of the funnest things anyone could experience. I mean, it's like it's almost like you're among family. Everybody's so excited. Everybody's really enthusiastic uh, to make change and fix our country. And that's what the atmosphere is like. And it's really, really welcoming. Um, and overall, conservatives actually are very welcoming. Uh, you know, when I 
you know, when I walk around and I'm meeting with our people, it's just amazing. So, yeah, I mean, for us, that's par for the course, and it goes totally opposite of the media narrative. And I've got a friend even who uh, was raised as a Democrat, but he actually started working in the office of a Democrat uh, legislator and then a Republican legislator. And he became Republican because Republicans simply treated him much better than the Democrats. He's a young black man, and that was the same experience as what you described with this gentleman on TikTok. It's very consistent. Um, you hear this a lot. So I really do think that we are welcoming people, and we, uh, we like to bring folks in. And I think that's because we're people of faith, and that's what's behind it. I think on the left, you have more of the power of politics. You have agendas and ideology and being defined based on your pronouns and your, you know, your race and things like that. So it's, it's, it's much more complicated for them. But I think for us, it's very simple. We want to love everybody and accept everybody into our, our family. And um, I'm, great. I'm glad that people got to see this young man's story uh, from his TikTok account. So that's pretty cool. Vote JohnGibbs.com. John Gibbs running for Congress in Michigan's 3rd Congressional District. John, thanks for taking the time to be here with us today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Justin. I really appreciate it. You got it. God bless. Folks, more like this. It's the stories, I think, from some of these people coming together that uh, that really are inspiring. Uh, you know, average everyday folks stepping up. John's story is pretty incredible. From a working-class family, blue-collar, uh, dad worked for one of the uh, the auto companies here in uh, in Michigan, and the man went on. He's not going to toot his own horn, but he went on to to go to Harvard. He was a missionary in Japan, and then he served in the uh, the uh, Trump. He actually worked helped design the first iPhone. And it worked in the Trump administration under HUD and Dr. Ben Carson. Absolutely incredible credentials, and he's one of us. He's somebody who gets it. Wants a return to normal. I think you're seeing people stand up all across the country in several different ways. But, you know, the other thing is even the news is starting to turn. Even the news is starting to reflect a little bit more of the truth. Some of that good news coming up after this quick break. It's Sparkly and for Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back into the Glenn Beck program. It's Justin Barclay today in for Glenn. And of course, I love to stay in touch with you. If you want to reach out, justinbarclay.com, send me an email message. Love to hear from you there. Uh, you can also text me 616-636-1676. Great way to get in touch. And of course, you can rant, rave, sound off. Maybe you got a question you want to ask as we fill in today during the program. Love to hear from you. And of course, uh, we continue with some of the news that I think you may not have heard, may have gotten kind of swept underneath the rug. A judge has ordered Dr. Fauci and Corinne Jean-Pierre, KJP. She is the replacement of uh, Jen Psaki, who is one of the most interesting individuals. Probably, I think KJP may be one of the worst of all time. I thought Psaki was going to be, she'd probably take the cake. But no. KJP probably is the worst of all White House press secretaries. In response to a lawsuit from Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, accusing the Biden administration of working with social media companies to suppress free speech. The CDC was involved in this. We saw that the FBI came out and told Facebook Mark Zuckerberg he admitted it. But he was told to do on the Joe Rogan show the other day. 
They have now asked and they subpoenaed for documentation, in other words, emails, between some of these folks. U.S. District Court Judge Terry Doty ruled that the Biden administration must turn over relevant emails from Fauci, the high priest of health, St. Anthony of Wuhan, Mr. Booster, and Corinne Jean-Pierre within 21 days. Folks, there's some good news out there. You're not hearing that. You you didn't hear that on the nightly news. Lester Holt didn't report on it. The local folks didn't tell you what's happening behind the scenes. Ah, don't let them fool you. Some of the news you won't hear anywhere else will continue. Always a pleasure in for Glenn Beck today. Justin Barkley on the Glenn Beck program. Back after this. The Glenn Back Program. America, we have violence, we have crime, we have folks just struggling to feed their families. It is really a challenging time. It's tough for everyone right now. But there is an opportunity to turn the tide. Folks are standing up. In fact, sort of a shining example of that. One running for governor, you're going to hear from this hour, and of course, uh, another one taking a stand against the press and media and everything that they try to pull. Uh, uh, probably a great example you'll hear from next, right here in the Glenn Beck program. Justin Barkley in for Glenn this morning. Is she going to be the VP? Uh, she was asked about it uh, yesterday. Carrie Lake. One of the reporters asking Carrie Lake whether or not she would be Trump's VP pick in the 2024. And I got to tell you, the way she handles this, she's running for governor in Arizona. She is a former uh, anchor there, TV anchor. She's just absolute, and probably because of her media experience, very DeSantis-like. This is like the art, the the uh, with the media martial arts, the art of jujitsu. It's it was brilliant. Watch how she handles this reporter yesterday. One Did I get everybody? Hey, One more question. Trump would it have you to be VP? Is that something you would consider? No, I'm. I'm I hate. First of all, I don't like Washington D.C. <laughs> especially don't like it now. Yeah. Um, it's funny though that that question is asked because for so long many of you in the media have been trying to act like I don't have the skill 
to run for governor. Now, apparently, I'm so skilled that you think I should be VP. So um, I take it as a compliment. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Have you, oh, talked, have you wait, talked to Donald Trump about it? I talk to President Trump all the time, and I have not talked to him about that, no. I'm, I am applying for the job of Arizona governor, and I'm reaching out to the people every single day. Where, where is Katie Hobbs right now? She should be standing right here, right here answering your questions. How often does she talk to you? If you're MSNBC, maybe all the time. But if you want to ask her a pressing question, she cowers and she's a coward. I'm applying for a job, and the people of Arizona are the hiring manager, and they are my boss. And I'm going to be here, much to the chagrin of some of you, not just four years as your governor. I'm going to be here eight years as your governor. So have fun and get used to it because we are going places and we're going to have the greatest state in the country. Thank you very much. What a great answer. I mean, turns the tables all together. Arizona would uh, would do well to elect Carrie Lake as their next governor. And I think we would all, as a nation, do well to have more leaders like that in office who are unashamed to fight back, fight back with grace, who are bold and, of course, unashamed to call some of these folks out on their baloney. Carrie Lake, what an example. By the way, if you miss any of that or any of the things, I'll put things up later on today on my uh, show notes in uh, social media. You can follow me everywhere on Facebook, Twitter, all you name it. Instagram, all of those places. TikTok, Rumble, at Mr. Justin Barkley. You can find me there. Justin in for Glenn Beck today in the Glenn Beck program. And we've been talking about some of the this this just staggering things that we see throughout the nation. Does this result in a red wave? We've been hearing about that. We're seeing a red tsunami in the streets right now. What happened last night in Memphis is becoming the new normal. In fact, in Memphis, it was just days ago, just days ago, that they had, in fact, seen another young mom and a teacher abducted early in the morning. She was out for her morning run. Abducted and killed. Then I saw yesterday, Fox had this story that there was another mom with a one-year-old who was abducted at a Target. This story says, apparently they tried, there were two individuals who abducted her at gunpoint, tried to take her to a bank, and I guess robber. She was able to get out $800 out of the ATM or so. They took the money. Then they left the mom and the child. Thank God she's okay. But there are four individuals that were killed yesterday during that violent rampage. This young man, the 19-year-old, on a violent rampage in Memphis, killed four. Those four dead, along with the mom who was abducted the other day, because of these crazy Radical extreme policies. The folks on the left keep pushing. Defund the police. Letting criminals out and not serving their time. Of course, they, you know, 
They think anyone who voted for someone else or maybe thinks a different way, those are the real threats in America, according to Biden in his blood-red speech that he gave the other day. Not, not, not the criminals who are getting out of jail. They're, they're running around killing people, four, four dead, three injured, in what they're calling in Memphis a mobile mass murder. Streaming it all live on Facebook and a couple other different social media platforms, apparently. Watching it all go down last night, I thought to myself, you know, this is, this is, how much more of this can people take? In fact, there was a news reporter broke down in tears in Memphis last night, and she reported from the scene live on TV She's caught herself in a moment. And I know. Memphis is tired right now. Yeah, I'm good. I'm with you all. Memphis is tired right now. The Eliza Fletcher kidnapping and abduction and murder. The other crimes we've had this year leading up to this. It's difficult right now. Bear with me. It's a very nerve-wracking night. And this isn't the only place. This is happening across the country. In Democrat states, in Democrat cities. You vote blue. This is what they do. I'm scared to come out of my home. Who wants to live like that? That was a quote from one woman in Philadelphia when she was interviewed the other day because of the violence that's occurring there. She doesn't want to leave her home. And who can blame her? I'm scared to come out my home. We all are. When I come out, I have to look around. I'm noticing, like, if you hear loud noise, you start getting scared. Who wants to live like that? Amen. These are Democrat policies, folks on the left, the radical extreme policies that have brought us to this place. Folks are waking up, but it is a rude awakening in a lot of places. I mentioned California earlier today as well. Same situation out west. Just days after they announced they're going to go all green with their electric vehicles out in California. Gruesome Newsome saying by 2035, you won't be able to buy a gas guzzler. You'll have to buy a hybrid or an electric vehicle and plug in. Stays after they have these warnings of blackouts. <laughs> this is before everybody's plugged into the grid. California is in the lead, can show the rest of the nation how it is done. Warning just coming in from Cal ISO, who runs the power grid in the state. They say they expect demand for electricity to outpace supply tomorrow. And they say that means rolling blackouts are likely. Oh, so, yeah, everybody's got to go plug in. But, you know, just, just by the way. You can't even run your air conditioner, let alone plug your Tesla in at this point. And some of the most vulnerable are being hit the hardest. You know, Biden made the point of saying that 
when Trump was in office, there was food lines. Can you believe it in a place like America? Food lines. It is dramatic, over the top, talking about these food lines. Should never happen here. Come on, man. But get switch president is starting to collect food lines of his own. And it turns out these are even worse than the pandemic. Don't take my word for it. That's a CBS report. You'll hear that and more. We'll continue down the list. Justin Barkley in today for Glenn Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. Average, everyday folks, Americans are starting to really feel the pain. Everything's up the cast to gas to groceries. It's putting food on your table. I don't know what that's like for a lot of folks. They're really feeling it. Matter of fact, lines of desperation is what they're calling it. CBS did this report on food lines and how they're even longer than what they were during the pandemic. This is a line of desperation. Drivers parked along a busy Dallas road. They're waiting for food. This looks like what we saw a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, it's worse than a couple of years ago. Mm. We are serving now at higher levels than we even did at the peak of the pandemic. Uh. Trisha Cunningham of the North Texas Food Bank says every giveaway is just as busy. And we're good. As people say, they can't afford groceries. And it's just the basics. It's flour, sugar, eggs, milk. We don't buy cookies, cakes. We, we don't even have that luxury anymore. As inflation has grown, so has need. One in six Americans relied on food banks last year. That's 53 million people compared to 40 million pre-pandemic. Cars were lined up for more than two hours before this giveaway even started. Today, there is food for 400 families, but demand will likely exceed that. It is incredible. It is another sign of the times. And folks, I'd buckle up because I just don't know, unless some things change rather quickly, I don't don't know if uh, we're going to be able to pull out of this death spiral that we're in. That's why these elections are so important, and in fact, they have consequences. Elections with shenanigans have even far greater consequences. Have you seen this video that's floating around right now? I I, I mean, it's out of Michigan. You've seen the 2,000 mules, and maybe you've watched some of the things that have been reported. But there is a new report out. In fact, this was a Gateway Pundit and a group out of Michigan that did a... um, Ah, they did a they did a deep dive into some of the footage on the ballot boxes. We've got them all over the place here. I think, in fact, there are more here in 2022 than there were even in 2020. The group MC4EI, Michigan Citizens for Election Integrity, uh, joining forces to take hours of video footage, thousands of hours, and condense them down to find what they they claim looks to be footage of alleged ballot trafficking happening in Michigan. Now, I'm not talking about you know ballot harvesting and some of which they say is is actually 
legal here. Well, you can deliver ballots if you're a, a, a postman. You can deliver ballots to people that live in your in your home. But you get to a certain number of ballots and a certain number of these people coming together. Like in the first clip, 13 minutes of this, a woman who dropped off a stack of about 50 ballots. Well, another woman who appears to be videotaping her, both wearing face masks. And you have clip after clip after clip. There are about 20 some odd clips all in all. And I think the biggest issue is, in Biden's America, you're not allowed to ask those questions. You're not allowed to ask why. In fact, there was a clip that was so incendiary, so crazy, so extreme, so radical, that we actually still don't have an answer to it. In Michigan, that of the Detroit area, earlier this year we had a, a video clip released of this woman who had brought ballots, a stack of them, to drop off in these drop boxes. And she gets up to the drop, I think she probably had a mask on the whole thing. She gets up to the drop box and she's about ready to drop them in and then it hits her. Wait, you almost forgot. She takes those ballots back to her car, which is in full view of the camera, gets in the passenger seat, and then begins to sign them. I mean, a stack of these things. She forgot to sign them. We still don't know who this woman was. We still have no idea what will become of this woman. We still have no clue. We have no answers. And we're just days away from another election. One thing I don't want to happen, because I believe this is part of what we're experiencing, part of the plan. So I don't want you to get discouraged. Good people are standing up. They're fighting back. They're doing all that they can do. And they can't do it all by themselves, but each of us together can do some heavy lifting to make a difference. In fact, I've heard there's like watch parties set up where people are going to be, now they're just, they're not going to be interfering, but they're just going to be watching and maybe videotaping, hanging out around these drop boxes at all hours of the day and night as people begin to vote. And then the trafficking begins. If you've never seen the video, 13 minutes of it, I'll put it up on my social media so you can check it out. Again, I'm everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, all over those places, at Mr. Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, JustinBarclay.com. 13 minutes, never seen before footage. It's out of Detroit. And I would say, at the very least, it deserves some answers. We ought to be able to ask questions about that. Uh, speaking of answers, love to hear. Some of the answers as to why here in Michigan and throughout the country we're seeing some of the issues that we're seeing. American adults and their satisfaction with the K-12 through public education at a 20-year low. I don't know if you've seen these stories. Some of the stories coming out of uh, the state and, of course, Michigan alone. I mean, our governor here, Whitmer, owns it. 
She's the one who shut the schools down. She's the one who shut the businesses down. And these kids are suffering. A majority of these third graders failed their reading test so poorly, so badly, that they, they may have to repeat their grade. We'll talk to the mom on the mission, the one who wants to replace Governor Whitmer. Tudor Dixon joins us next here from the great state of Michigan. I'm broadcasting from WOOD Radio today in Grand Rapids. Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. We're back with her after this. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back in. News Radio with 1300 and 106.9 FM. It's the station where I'm broadcasting to you from today in West Michigan. It's Grand Rapids. Beautiful day here. It's bright and sunny. And one of the things that we've been paying attention to here is fall starts to shift. Our gears. Yeah, the, the, the temperatures are getting a little bit cooler. <laughs> We're not looking forward to the S word. And no, I won't say it. No, it's not school either. No, we're already back in school. But I know parents in Michigan, I've really been thinking about this, especially over the last couple of years. Boy, they have been paying close attention to everything that their kids have had to go through. In fact, school shut down so bad in so many different ways. You're feeling the pain. Third graders might have to be even forced to repeat a grade because their reading scores are so bad. And our current governor, Governor Whitmer, owns that. Taking her to task on that and talking about how we can turn Michigan around in so many different ways. But, you know, really, it's talking about how we turn this nation around. Tudor Dixon joins us right now on the Glenn Beck program. Justin Barkley today in for Glenn. Good morning, Tudor. How are you? Great. How are you? Thank you for having me. And I don't think that snow is a dirty word, just so you know. (laughs) No, I don't even. Not until about... (laughs) January 15th. I love it until about January 15th. And then I just, I want some of the, uh, another S word, which is son. Uh, but yeah, you know, listen, I, I know that parents are, are, I mean, you've heard the stories over and over again as, as a mom yourself. You've seen this. I just saw a story today. American adults satisfaction with K through 12 public education in a 20 year low. There's so many different reasons for that, but our kids are getting left behind. It's devastating. And you'll hear the Democrats going after Republicans across the country saying that Republicans want to destroy public ed. No, we want public ed to work. We want our children to there to be no wrong path for our kids. We want our children to be thriving in education, being able to have a future. But you there's something key here that we don't talk about enough, and that is that you can predict your prison population based on your literacy rates. And what Gretchen Whitmer has on her hands right now is devastating for the state of Michigan because she has proven that she's not going to come in and help these students. Let's not forget that she was given the opportunity to get reading scholarships out there to get these kids back on track. And she pretty much said, I don't want the parents to have that much control. And so now we're in a situation where we have these devastating results that are coming out of our schools and still no help in the classroom, no assistance to get them back on track. Yeah, it's it's very sad. And in fact, in some ways, we know that the teachers in some of these schools, even covertly, we know we have many good teachers in a lot of these schools and folks that are well-meaning, but we have some that are 
really kind of underneath the radar trying to, instead of educate, indoctrinate. In fact, the Daily Caller has a story today. Michigan Department of Education trains teachers to hide students' names and pronouns from parents. Parents have got to be involved in their children's lives, whether it's education or any other things. And taking parents away or out of out of the uh, the realm of what's happening in their kids' lives is just a recipe for disaster. Look, I have teachers who are saying to me, we're leaving public ed because we're being told to do this, and we're parents ourselves. We would never want the teacher hiding something from me. So, so, so the parents understand what this is. We have this training that we're seeing coming out from the Michigan Department of Education that is telling teachers, when the students come in this year, talk to them about what their pronouns are. Let them choose whatever pronouns they want to choose. Let them choose whatever their identity is, whether they want to change their name and have a different name at school. And we will lie to mom and dad and not let them know that this is what's happening in the classroom. And, you know, these are very moldable ages. These kids are, are very easily influenced at these ages. So how do they even know that this isn't what they're being asked to do? You know, this is very confusing. This is very manipulative. And it's just out and out wrong. Why would I ever trust somebody to change my child's identity and lie to me about it? Why would I trust that I can send my child to a school that they're protected and I will know what's going on? I mean, at that point, you could have bullying. You could have anything in the schools like, well, we're going to protect that student so we won't tell anybody what's going on. When you get to a culture of lying to parents, it makes parents very concerned about where they're sending their child for eight hours out of the day. On top of that, the, the issues that this is causing amongst children is just devastating. But why are we so anxious to cut parents out of the classroom? This is what we're seeing the de- Democrats doing. This is why we fight. This is why Republicans are coming in and saying, you are not cutting me out as a mom. You are not cutting dad out of this child's life during school. And you're not going to have an alternative universe in the classroom. And honestly, when you talk about great teachers out there, absolutely. We have so many teachers that are saying, this isn't right. This is not school. This is not what teaching is about. Things are changing and we're not, we're not in it for this. We're in it to teach the kids and give them true paths toward a career in life, toward a future in life. You know, it's not just here in Michigan. In fact, it's all across the, the, uh, the nation. Tudor Dixon joins us right now. She's running to become the next governor here in Michigan. And one of the things I've I noticed in, in back in, in Virginia, in fact, they're one of the shining examples here of, of how you can take, you know, a, a state and turn it around. Governor Youngkin, who was is actually in, in Michigan just the other day, uh, stumping with you to, to talk about how to, to turn things around. They went through something very similar. Uh, they had a very, uh, very bad situation with uh, some of the uh, the issues that they faced. Um, during that particular election, we're seeing that here. We have a, a, an attorney general here in Michigan that has said, oh, I was just joking, but she wants a drag queen in every classroom. And these are just, uh, I mean, these just aren't laughing matters, are they? They're not. It's not funny. It's not funny when we're talking about the problems that we have in the education system in the state of Michigan and having your attorney general make jokes like that. And when that happened, the legislature got together and said, well, we're going to present a bill and we want you to be involved. They asked me to be involved to present a bill that would 
ban drag queens in our schools. And then you have the left immediately say, this is ridiculous. Have you ever seen this happen? And we just were very clear with them. You know what? We're not... We're not going to consider these jokes anymore. Typically, this is a testing ground, and then you move to the next level. So no skin off our back if, if we go in and we say, we're going to prevent this from ever happening again. We're just going to take a couple hours to write the bill, make sure that our kids are protected. And you see this across the country. You see this with, with Governor DeSantis going in the, the Parents' Rights and Education Act. That's something we want to see in the state of Michigan, because there's no reason to have sexual discussions before fifth grade. There's no reason to have this over-sexualization. There's no reason to have these pornographic books in our elementary school classrooms. These things all have to, we we have to protect our kids. And that means that, you know, no matter what industry you're in, you're going to find someone who's pushing limits or trying to do something wrong. We have to focus on the fact that we have the best people in education and they're protecting our kids. And we're going to make sure that happens in the state of Michigan. Tudor Dixon's with us right now running for governor in Michigan. One of the things we've seen, Tudor, across the country, in fact, last night in Memphis, another example of crime in some of these blue areas. Uh, these folks who let out in Memphis, criminals who should have been in prison, instead out committing crime. We're seeing the very same situation here in Michigan. Murders up 30%. Uh, motor vehicle thefts up almost 21%. Carjackings up a staggering 764%. Crime is a big issue for Americans, specifically folks here in Michigan as well. We're talking about a return to reason, a, a, turn to, a return to sanity, stopping some of this madness. What will you do to, to be tough on crime and actually lock the criminals up? Right. Well, let's remember during the pandemic, when nobody was allowed to go outside, Gretchen Whitmer went out and marched arm in arm with folks that were holding up defund the police signs. And so that culture became widely accepted. Okay, the chief executive of the state believes in defunding the police. This is a huge problem because the police officers were, are now undergoing ambush. And when they go to places, they're, they're being ambushed. We lost a police officer a day in Detroit. It, this in the last year, we've lost a police officer a day. That's where we are because the police do not feel supported and we don't have enough people on the police force. So we have to get creative about not only supporting our police, but how do we get police here, make sure that they feel that they are being paid fairly and they are also being taken care of when they are retiring. This is something that we have to look at closely. What are the creative ways to make sure that our police force is supported and we are bringing people into the state? But you talk about Memphis, I believe it was just last night that in Detroit, we had a delivery driver who was called to a fake delivery, shot and killed. This is mm. a situation that has now happened several times in the state of Michigan. So we're losing our police force. We already are struggling with a workforce. Who would, who would want to do that job if that's what the next level of crime is in the state of Michigan? But you see carjackings up 700%. You see violent crimes up everything. Crime in Michigan is up overall. Nationwide, we're about 4%. In Michigan, it's over 8%. That's how, how significant the crime problem is in the state. And this is not a focus for her. I've been told multiple times that our former governors were always asking for crime stats, crime reports every couple weeks, every month. This is not something, from my understanding, that has been requested by this governor. But clearly, she's not focused on making sure she's tough on crime. In fact, we have plenty of prosecutors in the state that are letting people out. Exactly the situation 
we just saw in Memphis where it was, boy, this this guy really should have served his whole sentence and he was let out. And now we have a terrible situation that's occurred. Yeah. Four people would be alive today. Um, and unfortunately, they're not because of these policies. One other thing I want to ask you is particularly a crime. We have an attorney general here who wants to investigate her opponents, but apparently will not look into uh, the governor and her issues when it comes to nursing home deaths. We now hear about this report. State of Michigan withholding a detailed report on the pandemic response. They went to a third-party company, and uh, from all reports that we're hearing, it's not a good report. It it shows many of the cracks through the, the the policies of the last couple of years with uh, with Whitmer and the and the rest of the uh, the response, should they release this report? This is a governor who, let me remind you, ran on transparency. I mean, that's what she said. The whole sunshine plan. You're going to know everything that's going on, and yet here she is hiding her most deadly policy. And it was clearly a political decision. We know that the Nursing Home Association went to her and said, whatever you do, please, please do not send COVID positive patients into nursing homes. She continued to do it. We saw Governor Cuomo back off of this after all of those people died in New York said, you know what, this is a mistake. We're going to move into a different program now. Gretchen Whitmer doubled down. This report, I guarantee you, is devastating. Absolutely, we deserve to see what's in this report because people were begging her to stop. People were begging her to let them see their loved ones. We had a situation where we had the matriarchs and patriarchs of our families dying alone because her policies were so cruel. And now we're asking, what did actually happen? We want a postmortem of what actually went on with these folks that, that died these deaths alone. And she wants to hide it. Of course she wants to hide it. There's an election coming up, and her policies have been deadly, and they've been, they've been expensive. We ta- we're talking about crushing blow to people's wallets, crushing blow to their families, crushing blow to the education of their children, and ultimately death in many cases. This should be reported. It should be investigated. And the attorney general it should be held to account because she is the one who is saying we want to investigate everybody but ourselves we will never look internally and see what we actually did tudor dixon running for governor here in michigan and of course talking about some of the same issues we see in democrat states and blue areas all across the country uh, tudor dixon thank you so much for joining us if folks want to find out more they can go to tudordixon.com uh, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, let you go yeah, like you said, please check out our website, TudorDixon.com. Thank you so much for having me on. It's important that we bring this state back, and we will have a family-friendly Michigan again. We have to make sure she does not have four more years. Tudor Dixon, thank you, Ms. Dixon. I appreciate it. Uh, God bless. Folks are fighting back, and I know she's you sh- just another situation of an average, everyday person, a mom who said, I've got to stand up and do something different, and she's stepping into the fight. We all have the ability to do that. Uh, By the way, I want to thank you for being here with us today. Got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap this this hour up and, of course, uh, tell you more about ways that you can help and how you can stay in touch, how you can get some, maybe some of the stories that we talked about today. We'll give you a shot at that coming up after this. Justin Barkley and for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK.
I've truly enjoyed it today. What an honor and, and, uh, and a privilege to be here with you again and for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck program. I uh, want to say thank you. And, uh, of course, we'll let you know if anything that we talked about today, stories, videos, links to the things, including that 13-minute video of the, the alleged ballot trafficking happening in Michigan. I've posted all that up on a section I call the stack on my website at justinbarclay.com, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y. And i also include this video, high school athlete, Six feet of blood clots removed from his legs, ending his football career. And doctors are confounded. They can't figure out why. Um, his dad took him to the emergency room. He was having severe pain in his back and legs. I was a bit confused. I didn't know really what was happening. And he just told me that he was just wasn't feeling good. The night before Wasion's first team practice, junior Caden Clymer unexpectedly had to be taken to Toledo Children's Hospital. It's a mystery, folks. One you probably haven't heard on the news. You ought to take a look at it. Make it a great day, folks. God bless. This is the Glenn Beck Program.